Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Seizing your dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody, on a Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Joe Biden's watch. Oh, his uh, his wristwatch. Yes, which he repeatedly checked during the dignified transfer of the remains of our service people. Like he had somewhere he'd rather be. Oh, now is that a fair assessment of what happened i think it is and i haven't I seen think the it is i've only seen the picture i just know that stories like this in the past have been uh misconstrued that it has happened occasionally yes about presidents checking watches and whatnot but i don't know um we have much to get to today that's a good trumpet sting right there i would have come in like a half beat late if it were me but i tell you what you're in a setting where it's wildly inappropriate to check your watch, and you do it repeatedly. That's either callousness, which is not really Joe Biden's act, no, nope. or lack of awareness, which is. Ooh, yeah. So you, it'd be pretty impossible as a guy whose uh, son served in the military, died of brain cancer that he thinks was from was from serving in the military around heinous chemicals. And has been to a lot of those kind of funerals as a senator and vice president. Voted many times to send people into war and harm's way, including making the decision here. It's hard to imagine that he doesn't understand the gravity of the situation in general. Could he possibly have his mind be wandering because he's a million years old? That is definitely a possibility. Agreed. Um, we need to start the show officially because I want to play this clip again. Since the war is the war, I'm using my finger quotes. Since the war is over, they uh, they got everybody out yesterday. Be worth uh, rehearing this clip again and discussing. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, August 31st. It's the anniversary of the beginning of our talk radio career. Maybe we'll talk about that later. The year 2021, where Armstrong getting we approve of this program. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. The commitment holds to get everyone out that, in fact, we can get out and everyone should come out. And that's the objective. That's what we're doing now. That's the path we're on. And if there are American force, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. That was the interview with George Stephanopoulos. If you'll remember the full version of it, George Stephanopoulos just had to keep digging and keep digging to get him to say, are we staying until everybody's out or not? And the president said, we will stay until everyone's out. Well, well Jack, in his defense, events have, have altered the landscape significantly in the four years since he did that interview. <laughs> in the one week. Oh, um, oh sorry. Yeah, a week. So... Uh, that needs to be explained, right? That needs to be explained. The president is addressing the nation at some point today. I hesitate to give a time since he gave a time last week and then showed up five hours later. So who knows what time he'll actually do it. Just because they said that's what time they're going to do it doesn't mean when they're going to do it. But Had, had he been wandering around the White House basement, uh, Nixon's bowling alley, or what? Wow. Anybody know? You're not being very charitable to uh, the president's uh, current mental state right now. He was in the uh, janitor's closet sniffing the hair of a beautiful blonde who turned out to be a mop. 
Wow. Come on. Um, so uh, the White House says he is going to address why we didn't stay, uh, extend the time that we were there. I'd say he needs to address that. I don't know how many times I saw blue check marks sending that quote around on the Internet yesterday of him and Stephanopoulos, where he said, we will stay until everyone's out, if it, even if it's beyond the deadline. Stephanopoulos really drilled down on that for the specifics. So we'll stay past August 31st if there are Americans there. Well, we did got an unequivocal yes. Right. One week later, we didn't. So what's the deal? Kind of interesting. Well, uh, Biden sent forth his uh, lackeys to try to spin that reality yesterday. wasn't terribly successful. One of the generals said um, we could have stayed another two weeks. That we wouldn't have gotten those last 250 out, or however many it is. CNN's calling it 250. One general said, I think it's closer to 100, um, so, which I don't like that kind of that kind of spin is not cool, man. Yeah. What, what is the number? And, uh, and why would we believe any of you anyway? So I somehow missed the Washington Post Big Sunday story over the weekend, which, uh, which went through the final days. Surprise, panic, and fateful choices the day America lost its longest war. Man, is there some interesting stuff in that article that I hadn't seen. But one of the things that st- uh, stuck out, and it still needs to be uh, dealt with, the Washington Post reports that amid the Afghan government's collapse, the Taliban offered to let the U.S. provide the security in Kabul. Mr. Biden, the U.S. military, said all they needed was the airport. So we turned down the Taliban's offer to to supply the security for the entire city the day that they were coming into the city. What? Yeah. Yeah. You got to give me a minute. I know. That's the Washington Post reporting. But that would have required the reintroduction of a large number of troops, which we guessing was the hang-up. I guess. I don't know. We ended up sending several thousand back in anyway. The Taliban offered to let the U.S. provide security in Kabul. Mr. Biden, the U.S. military, said all they needed was the airport. Mr. Biden chose to rely on the Taliban for security around the airport also. That's the Washington Post reporting. Which is no, you know conservative rag um yeah that's 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 wild mr biden and his aides have been repeating like a mantra that there will be time for assessing responsibility for what went wrong after the evacuation ends well that should start immediately uh says a uh, an opinion piece in the washington post or that's from the editorial board the washington post editorial board says that should start immediately a national security calamity of this magnitude demands an accounting and it should start at the top from the washington post wow Wow, Biden is practically without defenders. Now, some of the super lefty scribes at the New York Times are trying their best, and you can almost admire their courage in, you know, arguing the the, the indefensible. Uh, but other than those people, there's, there's as close to unanimity in America as I've seen in the last 15 years. Later, I'll read from the uh, the part about why the president of Afghanistan fled the way he did. Uh, it doesn't explain why he took $160 million with him. But the, what was going on in his head and his last hours in Afghanistan, it's almost comical. So we'll have to talk about that later. Really? Yeah. It's not just the obvious? Uh, well, he... I like my head where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think ultimately that was the reason, but... Man, he was out to lunch the last several hours. Um, how does mailbag look, which we have coming up? Oh, it's it's good. It, it's good. It's like these times. There are aspects of it that are troubling. Yeah, it's funny. So today is the anniversary of our uh, talk radio career. We were uh, music disc jockeys. 
made the switch to talk radio and started 23 years ago today. Thank you, Gladys. Uh, I uh, carry the three. Yes, that is correct. And uh, that's a ridiculously long time, for one thing. Um, If a baby had been born on that day, they would be 23 years old. I mean, a full-on grown-up adult. (laughs) Yes. It just seems crazy to me. But um, when we first started in the business, I remember our boss saying the first August that we got into, these are the dog days of talk radio, where you're going to have to come up with topics like, tell us about your first car. Or uh, what's a you know what's a first date turn off or stuff like that because nothing happens in August and at some point in the Trump administration or before or whenever that ended and the news cycle is always crazy all the time now I don't know if there's the same amount of news as there was before and we just pay more attention to it or I'm not exactly sure how that worked that it went from what the world used to take like a month or so off of uh, crazy things to talk about but now it's just it's constant. Well, I just think it's an outgrowth of all of us being instantaneously connected uh, via quite a variety of means. Do you think there are more things happening, or we just pay more attention to more of them? I think a lot of the rhythms of life have changed uh, in a lot of ways. I'd say. It's everything all the time. I mean, unless you're in certain parts of the South, the American South, uh, businesses don't close on Sunday. They're wide open. Used to be every damn business in America was closed on Sunday. When I grew up, everything was closed on Sunday. You couldn't get gas. Yeah. And, you know, not to wax too nostalgic and sound like an old guy, but I remember growing up, if you wanted to watch the beloved Christmas specials, for instance, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you had to wait till Christmas. That was the only time it was available. There was a rhythm to things. Now it's everything all the time. And it's making us insane. Yes. Anxiety clearly. is through the roof. As my doctor told me, people that have never asked for medicine before are asking for medicine. Yes, it ain't good. Maybe we'll discuss that later, too. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Screaming like a little girl, that guy from Greta Van Fleet. Um, yeah, I used to be able to do that. Not anymore. Now it kind of gets a little gargly. I sound like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what people want. Trying to do the Robert Plant scream. <laughs> Did you see the uh, way the Taliban la- uh, reacted when our last plane got off the ground? Ugh, firing the all scene the scene from the ha- oh oh okay. Firing all the guns in the air and celebration everywhere and everything. That was uh, that's something to watch. I thought uh, perhaps you were uh, referring to the video where they walk into the hangar and they see oh. all the aircraft we've left behind. A single one of which is, for instance, your town's Parks and Rec Department for the next decade, maybe the next hundred oh, yeah. years. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Which brings us to our freedom-loving quote of the day. Unless you had more you'd like to say on that topic. Later. Okay. I'm going to give you the the whole Magilla here. In the council, this is Dwight David Eisenhower, my friends. You may recall he saved the world with the help of our allies and our fighting men and women. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. 
The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. Hmm. Armaments manufacturers are extremely important, valuable part of our country. They also wield spectacular influence in our government and sometimes in our policies. Well, remember Mike Lyons uh, when we had him on a week ago? He uh, He's used this phrase several times over the years so the military can test out their new equipment. He believes there's a certain amount of that going on over the last 20 years in Afghanistan. You need mm-hmm. to get to try out various equipment and stuff like that. Order more stuff. Try it out. Just keep, yeah. keep the whole war machine going. I don't know. Yeah. Mailbag. Woo-hoo! Jack Joe, Representatives Alexandria. Uh, this is in quotes. I think this is from, uh, yeah, it's in a statement. Representative An- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and a group of fellow progressive Democrats are calling on President Biden to replace Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell when his term expires. Quote, we urge President Biden to reimagine a Federal Reserve focused on eliminating climate risk and advancing racial and economic justice. The representatives wrote in the statement Monday, progressives won't be happy until they've infected absolutely every person and institution of the country, writes John in Alameda. Uh, I would agree. That is Fruit Loops. The Federal Reserve is supposed to deal with climate change? That's something. Well, the CDC's dealing with rent. Uh, let's see. Guys, writes JT, why did Dems fail upward? Harris fails in the Democratic primaries, fails at her high-profile job of taking care of the southern border. Now it looks like she'll fall her way into the presidency. Biden failed at not plagiarizing in law school, failed at not plagiarizing in his first presidential bid in the second, failed on every foreign policy decision for 40 years. Biden becomes the veep for eight years, where he fails at every country he was assigned to. Ukraine, Iraq, China. Uh, I actually sent a couple of links. If you remember, it was Biden's hasty withdrawal in Iraq that gave us ISIS. You know, the JV team? Well, he was on the Obama team, but... Uh, now we find out that Biden was using Blinken as his advisor while he was VP with Obama. That turned out to be a disaster, too. Look out, hurt Blinken. He failed upward to become Secretary of State. After his failures in Iraq and Afghanistan, etc., and his current pending failure in Iran, I envision Blinken will be the next POTUS. That's JT, signs off, COIC, come on in, China. <laughs> you know, let's keep the accent on the somewhat humorous. Wait, wait for this when it builds. All right. This is Marina, beautiful San Diego. And a great place to park your boat. Oh, yeah. I was curious if being named Marina in San Diego, it's a pretty name. I like it, um, but it's a little confusing. Me like if I'd been named Steer in western Kansas. <laughs> for, for, kind of like that. Or maybe Corral. Hmm? I mean, she's not named Boat. She's named Marina. Anyway. I was curious if Meghan McCain had voiced an opinion on her beloved Joe Biden. I found in People magazine from August, she gave a scathing review of his disaster in Afghanistan. She's furious over Biden's incompetence and bad decision making. But what did she expect? Being a close personal friend, she and her mom would have been to the first to notice Biden's decline and inability to lead our nation. Uh, because of their refusal to forgive Trump for a few asinine comments, they were willing to campaign for a man who had clearly lost his abilities to lead. 
I hold the McCain's, Jill Biden, and the rest who are literally propping Biden up for the horror of our departure from Afghanistan. I truly believe it's like the Wizard of Oz at the White House. Uh, others are pulling levers and pushing buttons. Harris is the Wicked Witch, and the rest are flying effing monkeys. Fired wow. Up Marina in San Diego. Good one. Any comments, Corral, before we move on? <laughs> How much time do we have? Uh, you know, oh, we do have time for this. We all now just have this moment. That's a good point. Uh, this is kind of a leftover, but I've been holding it around because I think it's so great. I was talking about provocatively dressed women and what I taught my daughters and how uh, there's never an excuse to assault a woman and a woman is never asked for it. At the same time, what do you teach your daughters? Well, Katie says, I was just thinking about women avoiding unwanted advances from unwanted men by dressing more modestly in reference to the canceling of the 47th Jeopardy host. Blah, blah. I'm a woman. I don't dress in the most modest way, but also not provocatively, and I'm raising a daughter. I agree it is never acceptable for a man to do anything to a woman if she doesn't want it, but the way I explain to it to my daughter is that we don't walk around carrying large stacks of cash that are visible. We put it in our pockets or in our purses so not so as not to tempt unsavory people. Right, but uh, the difference is for for some people out there, the idea that men uh, have uh, have lust and uh, a sexual drive is seen as a a pathology, something that's wrong with them. It is constant and ev- never changing. As uh, thieves want your money and your jewelry. Um, a little more on uh, what it was like the the last days of the president of Afghanistan, which is kind of interesting from the Washington Post, among other things coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have friends tonight, people that work for me at 60 Minutes, worked with me. I have uh, people who are high-risk, vulnerable, vulnerable targets who work very closely with the U.S. military. They're in hiding now, trying, trying to make it through the night. Do you know what it's like to have them screaming down the phone, begging for help, begging you, please, America, don't do this? That's Laura Logan talking about people she knows that are still in Afghanistan. Uh, The administration is fond of using the term uh, people that wanted to go. Uh, Jonah Goldberg of the Dispatch made the point, uh, could we hear from any of these people that want to stay? Because you keep saying there are lots of people that want to stay, but I'd kind of like to hear it out of their own mouths. No kidding. That is so heavy-handed and obvious an effort to escape responsibility. It's sickening. So the, um, what order do I want to do this in? Well, let's start with the, 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 the fact that the United States uh, at various times says throughout the day, there are about 100 Americans still there. There are 150 Americans still there. There are 200 Americans still there. There are a couple hundred Americans still there. There are somewhere around. And again, quoting Jonah Goldberg from the Dispatch, he makes the point, and then he has a, a, a example of the Wall Street Journal using the the language somewhere between 100 and 200. This is from the Wall Street Journal. He writes, "But I see and hear this everywhere. If these numbers of Americans left behind are so solid that they don't need an according to or a by some estimates, can we get some explanation of how we know they're true?" Um, he's been questioning this whole idea that they're who who came up with these numbers that everybody is repeating. 
I mean, just last week, the White House, Pentagon, and State Department all said it was very hard to even get an estimate of how many Americans were in Afghanistan. But now we have it down to 100 to 200 left behind. Where did the precision come from? Why report as fact rather than a government estimate? So that's a good question. I don't, I don't have any idea where that number came from and uh, if it can be nailed down. Well, and if I might extend the string of questions one step further, if you have that specific a number and you know that they wish to get out of Afghanistan, why has there not been a means created to do it? With your good buddies, the Taliban, pick up the phone, call old Baradar and say, look, we got 150 people left. Let's do a deal. Why is that not happening? So the Washington Post's editorial board piece today, Washington Post taking pretty big swing at the uh, the way this all unfolded. America's leaving thousands of people behind in Afghanistan. This is a moral disaster, writes the Washington Post editorial board. Wow. A moral disaster by the current administration. This is a moral disaster, one attributable not to the actions of military and diplomatic personnel in Kabul, who have been courageous and professional, but to mistakes strategic and tactical by Mr. Biden and his administration. They lay it all at the feet of Joe Biden and his administration this moral disaster. Well, as you know, the the pre- previous administration uh, had a deal I was locked into. I guess the Washington Post hadn't heard that. I don't know if you uh, followed the Washington Post over the last four or five years, but they were uh, they they were all day every day, you know, uh, with making crap up, beating up on Trump, and just. I'm so happy that some of the big uh, publications have regained their footing as speaking truth to power. But, man, they're taking on uh, Biden pretty hard on that. The Fix, that's their uh, analysis there in the Washington Post, their analysis page. The Biden administration's increasingly muddy denials on giving the Taliban lists. That's that whole story. The administration initially offered more carefully worded denials, but it has edged closer to a full one, even as new reporting contradicting it landed Sunday. That's the idea that we were handing lists to the Taliban of people that had worked with us or who have American passports. And the it, that those reports came out. Then the administration flat out denied it. Then over the weekend, the Washington Post and the New York Times seems to have confirmed it. So, again, muddy denials from the, uh, from the administration on this. And then finally, and I want to read this whole thing. I just came across it last night. I don't know how I missed it over the weekend. The long story, surprise, panic, and fateful choices, the day America lost its longest war. And it's about the weekend. It's just two weekends ago, right? It's amazing. It seems like it's been months. But it's just two weekends ago that if you were following it like me, oh, my God, they've just taken a capital. Oh, my God, they've taken work. Oh, my God, they're halfway across the country. Oh, my God, they just took Kandahar. Oh, my God, on Friday it was they're 60 miles from Kabul. You wake up on Saturday, they're 30 miles from Kabul, and then they're in Kabul and have taken over the country in that six days. And that was an amazing thing to follow. And they've got a long um, uh, explanation of how that all went down. Talking about how surprised did the administration was and Americans were, Afghans were no less astonished by the speed with which their government crumbled. Even the Taliban was surprised. I tweeted that yesterday. The Taliban themselves had to be shocked that they ran across the country in a week and walked into Kabul the way they did. Back to the Washington Post. In both countries, the United States and Afghanistan, those who had dedicated themselves to keeping the extremist group out of power through decades of violent insurgency agreed on one thing. Had it not been for a few fateful choices that Sunday in mid-August, it all could have gone very differently. A spur-of-the-moment decision by the president to escape the country based on apparently incorrect information supplied by his advisors was the most consequential. 
once again, laying the final fall of Kabul at the feet of decisions made by the Biden administration. Uh, Later, the United States had one last chance to challenge Taliban supremacy in Kabul, but opted to focus squarely on getting its people out from the airport. That might have been the right decision at that point. Um, But then I just wanted to jump for this because I found it almost humorous. So the president of Afghanistan, Ghani, who now is living in Qatar with $160 million, he, according to the Washington Post report, and, and they, as they say in here, they've inter- they interviewed um, dozens and dozens of U.S. and Afghan officials to put together this story. Ghani, weirdly, I don't know if he lost his mind or if he was a crackpot all along. He's a professor, by the way. He is a is an intellectual technocrat, that kind of person. No oh boy. Okay. So picture that kind of guy running. So everything's theory to him. And as we were talking about on the show a lot yesterday, for whatever reason, these people don't seem to get that might makes right has been the history of humankind and always will be. And you can have all the theories you want about the way things want to work. But if a big guy in a beard and a gun shows up and wants to smash your face, he gets to dictate unless you can stop him. And <laughs> that is beautifully phrased. <laughs> That's and, one of your best. And 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 how some people don't get that is beyond me. But so according to the Washington Post, because they spend their time in the ivy towers of academia, they have no idea how humankind actually works. The day before that, so the Taliban's thirty miles outside of town on Saturday. The day before he actually ends up leaving the country, he's having meetings about some sort of economic. Um, stimulus plan that he wants to come up with for Afghanistan as soon as the Americans leave. He's having meetings about this, and people are looking around at him like, are you crazy? What are you talking about? Wow. He's walking the halls of the presidential palace talking about complicated technocrat government things, not realizing that he's about to be overrun. As the Taliban strolls to the Capitol. Absolutely amazing. So at some point, his advisors, mindful of the last time the Taliban had conquered Kabul, so Russia went into Afghanistan. They were there for about a decade, put in a government, and then got out of there because Osama bin Laden and the Taliban drove the Russians out. But the Russian government held on for three years of running Afghanistan before Uh before the uh, Taliban. We didn't last near as long. Uh, the Russian government hung on, Soviet government hung on for three years before the Taliban took over the country again and marched into Kabul. And when they marched into Kabul last time, uh, they found the Soviet-backed president, disemboweled him, and hung his body from a traffic light in the middle of Kabul. Yeah. So the advisors for Ghani went to him on Sunday morning. That's when the Taliban's actually walking into town and said, look, do you remember what happened last time? This is what's going to go, going to happen to you. And for some reason, that penetrated his professorial head and he thought yipes i better get out of here and grabbed 100 stone fail me now and according to some reports he grabbed 160 million dollars and got to the airport and left the country but up until the final hours he was still discussing you know uh we need a new water plant out in east kabul wow wow how crazy is that you're right it is tragic comic You know, I had heard, uh, I read in the New Yorker like a month or so ago, uh, and they were talking about how the Trump administration had left the president of Afghanistan completely out of the conversations because they couldn't deal with him. 
And it was being presented in the New Yorker. That was that was a big mistake by the Trump administration to not even involve the president of Afghanistan. Well, I'm thinking now. <laughs> well, you got to admit, it seems a little odd. It does. But I'm thinking now the reason that they were dealing with him is he was living in la-la land about the crank. reality. And so they just thought, ah, we'll talk to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. wild. Anyway, uh, the... Ultimate point being the Washington Post, as a lot of other journalists are, are laying a lot of blame up until up and and until the final hours at the uh, feet of the Biden administration. So I I forgot to reprint our sound clip. Do we have the the key clip of the day, the short version we open the show with? Go ahead. The commitment holds to get everyone out that, in fact, we can get out and everyone should come out. And that's the objective. That's what we're doing now. That's the path we're on. And if there are American forces, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. So uh, we, we edited that out. Uh, we edited part of that out where George Stephanopoulos says, and uh, what about the people who are left? And Biden says, yeah, we'll stay till they get out. Even if well, we have to stay past the 31st? Even if we absolutely. have to stay past the 31st? Unequivocal. Well, Department of Defense spokesman John Kirby yesterday said, uh, we don't anticipate a military role in trying to get additional U.S. citizens out of Afghanistan. It's the low hundreds. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. That'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So uh, getting back to one of the questions you posed earlier, you were talking about the, the the outright denial of furnishing the Taliban with the kill lists, which is what they will become, and then the increasingly muddy denials, the, uh, the reporting that substantiated it. And, and the way all of that makes the administration look, or the way that uh, Biden pledging we will stay till they're all out, and then it clearly doesn't happen, how that makes them look, I think I understand the answer to this, but I'm disgusted by it. Why doesn't somebody say, starting with the ancient president, because of the incredibly rapid collapse of the Afghan government, which we should have seen coming, we were forced into a situation where we had to cooperate with the Taliban to save the most people. It's a highly imperfect relationship, and we wish it hadn't happened, but it did. So, yeah, this sucks. We're dealing with it. Is there no room in American politics nope. for that sort of taking responsibility? Apparently not. So you're better off issuing childlike, idiotic, face-smeared-with-chocolate-that-wasn't-me-in-the-cookie-jar-style denials. That's better politics? I guess. I don't get that. I don't get that. That picture is something, that uh, green night vision picture of the commander of the 82nd Airborne being the last guy to walk on the plane, the last soldier on the ground after 20 years of doing whatever we were doing. That is some picture. Yeah, and, lieutenant general or brigadier general, some sort of general with a rifle in hand, full battle rattle, last guy off the ground. Not a good ending. Not a good ending. Uh, this being reported, Taliban has arrested the top Afghan cleric who spoke out against the insurgents. He will probably be killed by the end of the day, as was uh, that folk singer. I tweeted that story out yesterday. Some f- popular folk singer in Afghanistan, because they don't allow music there, they went to his house. Uh, arrested him and killed him. Shot him right there. Talked to him for a while in his house with his family, then just shot him because they're wow. crazy people. Because he he was playing music and you can't allow that sort of thing. I know they executed a leading comedian. Nice folks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, some of you would say, and I might say it along with you, there's lots of countries where they do that sort of thing. We're just not talking about it today. We don't hear about it. There's all kinds of hellhole countries where they do that sort of thing. And we don't send in troops and try to stop it. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 
China, meantime, is banning children from playing online games for more than three hours a week as regulators continue cracking down on the technology sector. Minors in China can only play games between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. on Fridays, weekends, and on public holidays starting September 1st. I think the commies got that one right. Yeah, though. <laughs> One of those stories that came up in my real life like three times yesterday. A doctor brought it up, a therapist brought it up, and then a teacher brought it up all in one day. Uh, Everybody looking to the Chinese. Yeah, I think you're right about that one. I don't like the heavy-handed nature of making it illegal. (laughs) I mean, forcing it upon parents at penalty of uh, punishment from the government, but... Lord, no. No, certainly not. Oh, speaking of which, India is considering a two-child policy, imitating China's disaster. It reveals a lot about human beings, though, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, Plus, speaking of video and that sort of thing, uh, Michigan parents have been ordered to pay their son $30,000 for throwing away his porn collection. Stay with us. Live team coverage. But first... $30,000 worth of porn? a, A brand new feature, Joe Getty's Business Roundup. That uh, theme music sounds oddly familiar. <laughs> so Nike, Nike in Beaver Town, Oregon, just announced uh, for their corporate headquarters, they're giving everybody a week off to support their mental health. Mm. Uh, this week, as a matter of fact, uh, they said, everybody power down, take the time to unwind, de-stress, and spend time with your loved ones. Follow similar moves from a couple of tech companies. Uh, everybody's feeling burnout, pandemic, etc. Rough times, crazy times. Uh, Do not work, they told their staff. The last year's been rough, and we're living through a traumatic event. You know, there's part of me that thinks, how very Oregon is that? (laughs) On the other hand, there's part of me that thinks, yeah, yeah. How about everybody just takes a week off? <laughs> you know, well, we all chill. We all spend time with our families. We, we go down and watch a, cr- a, a, a trickling creek go by or something. Well, you brought this up earlier, and I don't know to what extent it was ever true in California. Some people that grew up in California would have to tell me that. But uh, growing up in the Midwest, everything was closed on Sunday. So you ought, you, you had a day you had six days on, one day off, always. I mean, and there was nothing you could do. You couldn't if you wanted to. You couldn't, like I said, you couldn't get gas in the towns I lived in. You, you couldn't do anything. You had to plan ahead because everything was closed on Sunday. And so it, was a, it forced you to take a day off of everything. And it had and how to be. Ast- I was going to say, how astounding would it be if you heard from somebody at work on a Saturday? Oh, crazy. Just crazy. Yeah. Why are you calling me? It's Saturday. So you don't have to do it because, and it was because it was the Lord's Day, you know, the Lord rested, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it doesn't have to be for that reason if you're not religious. But what if we all just took a day off? Yeah. 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 I'm sorry I'm distracted. I think we've all, uh, all of us who live in Northern California have on the way uh, from the Bay Area or Sacramento to Lake Tahoe seen the camper that's been parked by the side of Interstate 80 for most of my adult life that says, Saturday is the day of rest. Sunday is the mark of the beast. <laughs> I've always been somewhat confused by the theology there. We used okay. to pass it all the time on the way to the walled compound in the woods, and I would scratch my head and think, you know, okay, maybe maybe the, 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 the Sabbath ought to be Saturday. Fine, great, but I don't think Sunday. But anyway, oh well. Uh, let's see. Back to Joe Getty's business roundup. 
if you choose not to get vaccinated against the Chinese bat flu without having a legitimate medical or religious reason, you might want to start preparing for the cost of that decision. Increasingly, employers are requiring workers to get vaccinated to show up at work, and if you don't, you can get fired or hammered with a couple hundred dollars a month surcharge on your medical insurance and stuff like that that's becoming more and more common. And we're not saying that to make any sort of, you know, statement on whether you ought to get vaccinated or not. But if you've chosen not to, that sort of thing is really building momentum. Now, I hear you screaming at your radio, and, and I've read this entire piece in the Just Washington like Post. Just like the Nazis, that's what you're screaming. Ooh, well, you got that out of the way, and I thank you for that. Um, I have read thousands of words on this topic, tens of thousands of words on this topic. I'm not sure I've come across even a single time anybody saying anything about people with natural immunity because they've already gotten over the Wuhan lab fever. Nobody. It's as if humanity can't comprehend that or we're too stupid to remember it. What's, what's the matter with our policymakers? How have they not addressed that? Uh, so we got COVID stuff, Afghanistan stuff. We do need to take a look at China banning video games and all kinds of stuff. And porn. Strong and Getty.